So thank you. I would, I would first like to thank very much Stella and, and all the others for, for inviting me to this workshop, which is incredibly interesting, both yesterday's and, and, and today's. I was, I was really uh, fascinated. I was, I was really enjoyed tremendously uh, reading, the, reading the websites about the previous uh, workshops and, and, and the, all the all the talk about transdisciplinarity and interdisciplinarity and multidisciplinarity and, uh, in, in, in these workshops, and, and also the materials for this workshop. Uh, it, it was really a joy, kind of, kind of almost like taking a course after, after, after a long while. Um, so I will, I will try to, in this talk, I will try to combine uh, some, of the, some of the issues of, of, of disciplinarity and and transdisciplinarity, uh, interdisciplinarity, multidisciplinarity, uh, and also some of those topics of, of anti-humanism and, and, and critique of philosophical tradition uh, involved in anti-humanism, which were discussed yesterday and in the earlier sessions. And I'll try to combine all that somehow to the topic of today, which is gender studies. Um, so I'll start with uh, disciplines. Uh, within the past 40 years or so, 40, 50 years now, gender studies, uh, women's studies, studies of gender and sexuality, whatever, or feminist studies, whatever the name it is called, uh, has step by step established itself as a, a de facto disciplinary identity in the universities all over the world. Uh, and when I say discipline, I mean kind of like a quasi-autonomous in a kind of artisan way, practice of, of in, in that almost kind of medieval guild structure of, of scholarly work that was the, that the university is going to use to be uh, based on. That is uh, as a field which which self manages its standards of quality, gives degrees, exercises its own hierarchy in referencing, and so on. It's been quite quite amazing to live through this uh, evolving self, sense of self-control of, of an academic field of knowledge during these last few decades. Because today, as a, as a teacher of gender studies, I, um, I, my, my experience is that, that students know how to cite the literature that is relevant in gender studies, in the field of gender studies, without any sense of trouble. And quite recently, this, this was not the case. I remember early women's studies students are students constantly kind of alarmed and extremely worried and anxious about whether their feminist concerns were proper for real research, kind of real, real science or real, real <coughs> academic, um, academic quality, whether they had enough real disciplinary literature in their, in their theses, whether, <coughs> whether the real discipline whatever it may be, sociology, politics, literature, philosophy, anthropology, law, whatever discipline there was concerned, would recognize their work as proper, as properly, properly academic uh, by the literature as it, it cites and by the methods it uses. And so on. There, there was a real sense of disciplining in the, in the seminars, uh, kind of shared fear of punishment, uh, in a way, kind of like, what if this doesn't count? If this is something not really, not really real in terms of, of, of university and academic knowledge. And now I, I cannot feel that fear 
in, in the seminars. And this is local, of course. This is in my uh, environments, and uh, uh, but also, I think, much more generally so than it was for some uh, uh, years ago, quite clearly. I can't cannot feel that fear in gender studies students. They, they are quite confident in their disciplinary focus. They know that this is the literature. And I must say, I don't miss the earlier stage of affairs at all. <laughs> so this, I could say clearly at the moment, a certain sense of, sense of a new discipline. Uh, discipline. <clears throat> but yet, when you look at the self-presentations of gender studies programs, uh, the term term, the actual word discipline, never appears there. Uh, um, it's very strongly avoided. The terms associated with gender studies are interdisciplinarity, multidisciplinarity, and transdisciplinarity, and always in an oppositional uh, sense to disciplines or, or, or disciplinarity. So there are, there, are, there are hundreds, maybe thousands of programs of gender studies all over the world, at the moment, in various universities, also more and more outside Europe and, and, and U.S., just recently <coughs> discussed uh, with somebody who was from Georgia, uh, local uh, gender studies department in, in, in Georgia, and they were having a sim exactly the same similar kind of discussion about translation of the word gender there as has been in any other places. And there's this growing body of literature which one refers to more or less as a canon Joan Scott included there and many, many others. Um, in the universities all over the world, the curricula of women and gender studies resemble each other. Uh, the disciplinary core involves in feminist theory of the late 20th century, also the history of feminist thought and feminist movement, as well as certain concepts which are central to the field, such as starting from sex-gender distinction, then identity, difference, body, and so on and so on. Same, same concepts. There's a central literature uh, on various fields of feminist thought, feminist uh, history, politics, and art. There's intersectional analysis, which is included in all these programs. There's queer studies, uh, there's masculine studies, and post-colonial studies. And all this creates very similar modules all over the world in, in this di uh, di disciplinary uh, department. Uh, so that the classics of feminist thought include almost everywhere writers such, starting from Olympe de Couche to John Stuart Mill to Simone de Beauvoir and, and Virginia Woolf to Kate Millett and, and contemporary classics, writers like Lucida Garay, Judith Butler, Elizabeth Cross, Teresa de la Retis, Donna Haraway, Gertrude Spivak, Yves Kosovsky, Sedwick, Carol Pateman, Gail Rubin, Rosie Bradotti, Bell Hooks, just to mention a few of a very clear core literature uh, writers. So the curricula teaches this as a canon, decrees measure it, the mastery of it, evaluations are carried out, professors and lecturers are recruited constantly, there's a flow of new masters and new doctors graduating and new dissertation and so on. Yet, websites and, and of, of these programs and textbooks in the field resolutely avoid calling this a discipline. They say something like, I, I, I quote some websites like uh, Indiana University, in Indiana University, gender studies is a transdisciplinary department um, engaging students in the study of gender and intersections of gender with other substantive categories of analysis and identity. Or then, uh, welcome to gender studies at Northwestern. We are a dynamic interdisciplinary program. Students and faculty at gender studies pursue 
research in history and theory of gender in feminism and in sexuality studies. And so on, I could quote infinitely, it's always interdisciplinary, multidisciplinary, or transdisciplinarity, and never a discipline that's in these self-presentations. In textbooks, uh, equally, discipline is, uh, is typically replaced other kind of phrases, expressions like, like area of study, for example, is quite common, or field, or area of academic concern, or various other things, and so that it's textually constructed in opposition to disciplines, always. There's almost, there's almost the feeling that there's something phobic going on here in, in, in terms of notion of discipline in, the, in these presentations. Uh, the, some quotes here from uh, introductory chapters of recent gender studies textbooks. These are quite typical. Uh, I quote, uh, firmly interdisciplinary in perspective, women's studies initially resided mainly, if uneasily, within the disciplines of English history and sociology. Once women's studies programs emerged, often gathering together the work of scholars across disciplines uh, into one center or as, or as a team of masters or undergraduate degree, the area, of, the area developed a clearer identity. So it's the area. And uh, more, uh, even though women's studies identity suggests a degree of empowerment for feminist knowledge, it is always pulled in two directions, as a critique that transforms existing disciplines and as a specialist, even separatist, area of academic concern. So other disciplines are referred to as disciplines and women's studies, gender studies as an area of academic concern. This is kind of typical language use. So what is going on here? Uh, I would suggest that at this point, referring to transdisciplinarity, multidisciplinarity, and interdisciplinarity works today performatively exactly in constructing the disciplinary identity of gender studies. It, it builds, actually, its uniqueness and its difference in comparison to other disciplines. It's a uniqueness which resides exactly in this multidisciplinarity and transdisciplinarity. Uh, constructing identity through denying it, I would say, is, is this almost kind of constitutive paradox in, in gender studies, and it continues to perform quite well in its self-descriptions. Uh, as another recent textbook, this is Davis Evans Lauber, one of the new, uh, fairly recent textbooks, states, I quote, uh, whatever label given to the academic study of gender, this is another <coughs> academic study of gender uh, relations, in the 21st century, there's a number of features that have endured. First, the study of gender remains resolutely multi and interdisciplinary, and that is its key strength and has had a most profound impact on contemporary theory and attitudes to the production of knowledge. Included in this same collection is also uh, Claire Hemming's article, which is entitled The Life and Times of Academic Feminism, and which, in which she discusses uh, the issue of disciplinarity under the label autonomy integration debate. When the editor summarizes her article in the introduction, they place discipline in inverted commas when in connection to gender studies. Uh, Hemmings, however, herself does not do that in her article, which, which probably indicates the fact that she knows she's known at the moment as, as one of the 
advocates of the institutionalization of the discipline of gender studies uh, in kind of European voice and active in those in, in that pursuit. I have included Hemming's recent text, uh, which is called just Introduction to her, to her, it's an introduction to her new book, which tells about feminist stories um, in the reading for this workshop. And I hope people have been able to find it in the, in the, in the website. And, but I have included it not only because Hemmings and it deals with act, the actual disciplinary presence of gender studies, nor because she writes quite wonderfully on the creative power of narration while studying the self-perceptions of contemporary feminist scholarship, but also because in this article she evokes two very important ideas which I would like to connect here to uh, the text we had yesterday, uh, Jacques Derrida's text, uh, on titles, uh, which, which talks about the, the college, which, uh, which, which introduces the idea of college, uh, college and uh, international college of philosophy. And, um, and which we discussed yesterday. Thank you for including that in the <laughs> readings. Um, these two ideas uh, are, which, I'd like, which I see in both of these texts, these two ideas are theory, uh, first the theory as intervention and uh, that of theory as experimentation. And I would like to argue that just as much or perhaps more than the form of institutions uh, of study, uh, the idea of theorizing as intervention is crucial to the that transdisciplinarity, that idea of transdisciplinarity, which I see circulating in the discussions of gender studies. The ideas of, of intervention and experimentation, um, which are also central in the discussion of, of anti-humanism, uh, and particularly in its relationship to philosophy, which Derrida discusses in this uh, piece, titles. So I will return to both of these ideas later in this, uh, in, in a while. Uh, but I would first, first like to go on just a little, for a little while still, uh, on the issues of institutions and disciplines, which also connects with Derrida's text of yesterday. Um, when I was, uh, when I was reading Derrida's college text, I was really struck by the, by the uh, fact that how much it looks like a, like some kind of application for a for a funding of a new institution, <laughs> and it and it probably is one, <laughs> yes, and it really reads like that, and uh, and uh, but I that was not a surprising. But but what was surprising was that in a very odd way this text, which was written in written in 1982, that is 30 years ago, uh, echoes or prefigures. Uh, the now absolutely dominant corporate innovation language of both EU and national research funding organizations and institution, institutional policies. It's completely that. When, when reading Derrida's text, I couldn't help thinking that it would actually be a very successful research institute proposal, as it probably was. <laughs> uh, it, has, it has all the elements that are required today, for example, for European Research Council, uh, for being a, uh, by, by European Research Council for being a successful in funding competition. So Derrida mentions multidisciplinarity, which he makes point of being more than mere interdisciplinarity. 
it's uh, he stresses innovation. That word is there constantly. It's this innovation and originality. He mentions he also mentions collaboration, which is a very important part of funding applications. Research training, which we all need to have in in these applications. And so he even talks about social impact. In he talks about social school curricula, how what kind of impact it would have in school curricula. And he talks about research groups, research teams, which weren't that common in humanities and social sciences a while ago, but already in, in 82. And he even mentions several times the need to take risks, which is very fashionable criteria and top funding instruments of, of ESI at the moment. ESI at the moment. So the text has all the elements of kind of complete, successful, productive in contemporary funding res regimes. Um, from this same EU-sponsored governmental research policy view, gender studies actually could also quite easily be viewed as a successful product, as a kind of innovation, which has, it has been successfully kind of concluded. Because the idea, of course, in, in, in the policy-driven uh, multidisciplinarity, the idea is that, that academic fields easily become too stable and too repetitive and they lose their edge. And that innovative results are, research, are, are reached when, when transdisciplinary environments are created. When, when researchers from various disciplines are brought together uh, and they combine their knowledge in a new way so that they create a completely new approach. Uh, if, we, if this is uh, what is uh, meant by, by uh, uh, looked for, then actually the entire field of gender studies is exactly this kind of new approach. It is, in a way, a kind of end product of decades of transdisciplinary labor and work. This innovation has not been gained, though, through uh, governmental research policies, Although actually, to be true, governmental research policies have helped in some places in this field. In Scandinavia, for example, government has put quite a lot of money in establishing gender studies at some point. Uh, and Australia is a, is a good case there too. So it, it's not as, as, as clear uh, participant. The main, but anyway, the main factor behind the success story of multidisciplinary gender studies is second wave feminist movement. Uh, it was the feminist movement in the universities that, since late 1960s, intensively brought together people who studied and did research in multiple disciplines and who were simultaneously interested in feminism. People who otherwise would not have met in academic setting, coming from different disciplines. These were people who also had enough time and interest, more than just a couple of multidisciplinary meetings, uh, to, to, to be together and to learn to know each other's different scholarly approaches in matters important to feminism. While feminist scholars integrated feminist views into their own disciplines, they simultaneously created something completely new together. That something which in, in the 40, 50 years has then grown into a full-grown different discipline. It is the product in a way. So if, if, if today then can governmental policies and EU research policies, policies of innovation are, are attempting to s simulate something equivalent to feminist movement in, in, 
in in creative terms in, in trying to to create something which is as as potent in in in, in creation and uh, kind of trying to simulate that that passion and that those all those hours of non-paid work and 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 all those emotions evoked which which, which were present in that transdisciplinary uh, uh, environment then one can just say good luck for 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 for, for kind of research policies and I think it's the, the, the sensibilities of this, this kind of buzzing um, environment, this labor, laboratory, whatever it was, uh, feeling of excitement of creating something completely new. It's probably the reason why trans, multi and interdisciplinary are such favorites as team, as, as, as terms for self-descriptions of this new discipline, even in the face of, of uh, it's not uh, not abandoned even in the face of, of of certain evidence of of clearly disciplinary structures at the moment which are there so when then uh, multidisciplinarity interdisciplinarity transdisciplinary are commonly um, ideals uh, for research but at the same time when they when this common productive research ideal uh, uh, is there? There's, there's also been quite. Uh, it has also been quite severely, severely criticised as an ideal and practice, and it has also thought to contain certain dangers, uh, which I understand you've been also discussing in the previous workshops. When people come from from different disciplines, they don't do not initially necessarily speak the same language, and at worst, the policies which steer towards multidisciplinary multidisciplinarity lead to, to kind of shallow, eclectic research without proper intellectual strength. So the, sometimes the, the thinking is reduced to the lowest common denominator. And I understand that this is something you have discussed in, the, in some of the earlier workshops. I think Marilyn Strathern's um, articles and, 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 and various texts which kind of, kind of uh, tackle with this issue. Uh, and it, it's undeniable that a very strong case can be made indeed for, for certain autonomy of disciplines in the contemporary university structure against policies that steer towards useful knowledge, corporate interest, productivity, in, and in defense of kind of pure quality and depth of research. In terms of gender studies, this, has, this uh, issue has been on the table quite a lot, and, and uh, this aspect of, of shallow, the danger of shallow knowledge was, was already taken critically up, for example, by, by Wendy Brown in the early 1990s, quite sometimes inf infamous uh, classic, or, but classic article, which is entitled The Impossibility of Women's Studies. Uh, and uh, Brown argues there that uh, that the proliferation of categories of women, which was happening in the early 1990s by race, ethnicity, uh, uh, religious affiliation, and, and sexual preference, is an evidence of the of the limits limits of what she says. Uh, quote: Any field organized by social identity rather than genre of inquiry. That's what she says. So social identity here clearly refers to to women and other categories of identity. And genre of inquiry clearly refers to a discipline. 
So, so Brown's accusation is that women's studies is not a discipline, like a proper discipline, uh, because there's, it's too loose. There's no central literature. People come all, all people come from different disciplines and they do different things. And she doesn't say it quite directly, but the message is that that this results in a in a loss of intellectual strength. That the women's studies is messy. It's not it's not doing doing kind of proper work. But since this time, since 1990s when this article was written, probably in frustration of, of Santa Cruz Women's Studies program and various identity political disputes uh, around uh, there, the discipline has actually changed a lot, or it has evolved a lot, uh, and kind of consolidated as a discipline. What Brown said then could not be said of any leading gender studies programs like Santa Cruz was at that time, at the moment, there's hugely more intellectual strength and sophistication in the standard curricula. Um, in, a, in, a, in a sense, we've, I, I've said that we've been kind of witnessing a, a, a more kind of historical moment, the emerging, and, and this is of, in time, that there's emerging of an academic discipline, which, which then later on could be told as a story that at the end of the millennium, during the two last decades of the 20th century, a new academic discipline was formed, just as we are used to hearing stories about how sociology emerged at some point as an academic discipline, how Durkheim established the first department in Bordeaux in 1895 and, and, and so on. Uh, gender studies has just about now started to begin to appear in the list of disciplines in the, in the academies of sciences, uh, in the publishers' catalogues, there's always gender studies and, and in library catalogues and so on. All those places which, which kind of mark disciplines. So I, I'm saying that there's a certain positive point to this disciplinarity. In, in intellectual terms, the repetition, the identification of the one of the same all the time, the certain quality tests, exams, degrees, all that is done in order to secure a certain kind of quality and depth of inquiry. And it says that also establishing of the, of the innovative and the new needs certain protective structures. This seems to be the idea also in Derrida's, in, in Derrida's text, in the college text. He's kind of trying to establish an institutional form for, for something new to happen by providing college as a, as a, as a place for, for disciplinary intersections and intersections. He really uses that also struck me in, the, in, in Derrida's text. This is the term he uses: intersection, intersectionality. Uh, and this struck me a lot because uh, <coughs> he, he uses it frequently and, and to describe kind of trans, transdisciplinarity. When intersectionality uh, today is, of course, as many of you know, it's the word which has lately become a kind of hallmark of gender studies. It's uh, intersectionality, particularly in terms of intersect intersecting inequalities of class, race, and gender, uh, is a kind almost like kind of a product that gender studies has been busily exporting to to other disciplines for, for quite a long time, and it's also well, it's exported like an approach, so and an, and a concept, maybe a trans another transdisciplinary concept again. So even the Wikipedia article of women's studies 
says that, uh, I quote, women's studies, also known as feminist studies, is an interdisciplinary academic field which explores politics, society, and history from an intersectional perspective. So inter intersectionality has become, again, one of the identificatory characteristic, characteristics of contemporary gender studies. Again, turning an essentially anti-disciplinary notion of intersectionality into disciplinary characteristics is an achievement. Uh, it's uh, the, this, this kind of dialectic of transdisciplinarity and in, in, the, in the discipline of, of, of gender studies seems to go on. That intersectionality identifies the discipline gender studies by, in a way, disidentifying it. This constant mo motion of, of disidentification itself seems to be characteristic of gender studies, and it's, it is the kind of defining paradox that performs really well in the field at the moment. It keeps it in motion, so, it's, so it seems. There's something more, though, too. I think the same, the same introductory chapter of, of the generic textbook, which I quoted earlier, listing first interdisciplinarity and multidisciplinarity and transdisciplinarity as the most characteristic features of gender studies, also then said, says, third, feminism remains a central perspective for the study of gender relations, reminding us that this discipline emerged from the identification that women as group were misrepresented. And then it goes on. So what is interesting in this quote is that it is in regard to feminism, that is in, in regard to political interventionist disruptive content distinctive to this study, that the word discipline appears. And I think it is exactly the point. Gender studies as a distinctive discipline is not, it's, it's not just a study of gender. It's not just theorizing gender. It is feminism. And is thinking gender and sexuality politically. Its main point is, is intervening into the stabilizations of existing knowledge and not establishing the right account of gender. This is much more crucial to the discipline, disciplinary issues of gender studies than the disciplinary structures ever can be. And this is an issue which I find in common in, in Derrida's and in Hemings' texts, and which I would like to, to, to give a little bit more thought here in the rest of the talk. We'll call it intervention, or, or like I, I quite often like to call it thinking politically. So we know there's a vast amount of research literature which studies gender and theorizes gender without any relation to feminist tradition and any relation to, to gender studies literature. There are anthropological and sociological descriptions of kinship, theories of generalization of gender roles, uh, particular places and times also. There are medical theories of sex, sexologist studies of sexuality, the historical studies of gendered phenomena, the cultural theories and psychoanalytical theories without any connection to feminism and gender studies. But what singles out gender studies literature is its relation to feminism. And what exactly does it imply then? Uh, is it critique? It's uh, quite commonly uh, suggested. John Scott, for example, brings, brings up critique and self-critique also as something specific to women's studies. She writes, 
and I quote Scott, uh, feminists have not only wielded critique, critique against patriarchy, nation-state, capitalism, socialism, republicanism, science, canons of literature, all the major disciplines, critique against those, uh, in the name of ending discrimination against women, they have also interrogated the premises of their own beliefs, the foundation of their own movement. This impulse of self-critique has been present from the inception of feminism as a social-political movement. This is end of quote. Also, Ellen Rooney, in a very in an early article, which is also reprinted in 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 the in the collection which John Scott has recently, oh, um, edited on gender studies called Critical Edge. Um, so also Rooney observes something important related to, to what Scott seeks with, with the title Critical Edge. Rooney writes, quote, women's studies is driven by political concerns that inevitably lead to a critique of the way of knowledge is product, produced. And she says, the feminist students who choose to major in women's studies construct their choice as a political one. And I would say that they still do. The, the, um, the study of gender studies is not, and I think it should never be allowed to be, <laughs> to uh, a study of what gender is, what sexuality is. It's not a study of women and men and their difference. It's, it's not a study of what women really are or what men really are or what gender really is, or what human beings as gendered or sexed are, or even that they are gendered and sexed. The aim is not to explain, to give an overarching account of that what is. If there's something distinctive in the disciplinarity or, or transdisciplinarity of gender studies, it is close to what Derrida writes he wants to, the, he, 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 that he wants um, the college uh, to privilege as an approach with respect to philosophy, what is he, which is his topic there. His, this is, as he says, intervention and experimenting. The action is rather against the previous totalizing discourses. And in that case, of course, particularly pertinent in the case of philosophy, total, as a totalizing discourse. Hemming writes in, the, in, in, in this introduction, um, to her book, which, which the book itself looks at histories that feminist scholars tell about feminist scholarship. Um, she, um, like, like self-descriptions of, of feminist scholarship, um, she writes, I quote her um, here, that she's, she says, I seek to flesh out the substances of Western feminist stories and to intervene, <coughs> and she writes, I, I, as her own kind of method of approaching. He, she, she says he, she, she seeks to flesh out the substances of Western feminist stories and to intervene by experimenting with how we might tell stories differently than other, uh, differently rather than telling different stories. So she uh, is talking about intervention and, and experimenting also in her, her piece. She states as her principle that, um, again, quote, if we can identify the techniques through which dominant stories are secured, uh, through which their status as common sense is reproduced. That political grammar may also offer a rigorous point of intervention through which Western feminist stories might be transformed, end of quote. So that's what she's doing. Hemings makes, makes use of the intervention in a particular way in respect to history, telling the story of the recent past, 
and where she's also inspired as uh, quite often by, by, by Hayden White, actually, in, in the, the history and, and stories. But she also she intervenes in the dominant narratives. Um, and even more importantly, very importantly, she stresses that her interventions and experimentations offer ways of approaching feminist stories and politics over the temptation to produce a more correct account of these stories. It is this impulse of producing the correct account that animates the traditional disciplines, and that is not the approach of, of intervention. Uh, it's it's quite nicely actually there in her in her piece. Also, Derrida is 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 getting to the is, is there at that same same point in, in this when when he writes in in connection to to college and and its relationship to philosophy, which is its topic. He he writes, um, and I quote: "But a different philosophical practice and a different relation to philosophical are being sought." as an alternative to the philosophical all or nothing, to philosophical hegemony versus non-philosophy. A renunciation of the classical recourse to philosophy, which is a radical, fundamentalist, ontological, or transcendental recourse, as always totalizing recourse. And he writes, these new incursions compel the philosopher to change styles and rhythms in any case, sometimes languages, without, however, renouncing philosophy and without believing that it is invalid. Uh, what, is being sought is, uh, what is being sought now is perhaps different philosophical style and a different relation to philosophical language to other discourses, a more horizontal relation without hierarchy, without radical or fundamental recentering, without architectonics and without imperative totalizations. And he writes, will this be philosophical style? Will this still be philosophical style? Will philosophy survive the test of these new fields of knowledge, this new topology of limits? And he says, this will be the test and the very question of college. So certain, certain institutional forms are, are needed for this to happen. And that's what Derrida is promoting with this piece. Perhaps gender studies has re reached that kind of disciplinary and uh, institutional autonomy at the moment, that it enables philosophers within this field, or contemporary feminist theorists, rather than seek for totalizing philosophical hegemonies, to intervene. Perhaps it allows even the, the, the questioning of the, of the philosophical uh, tradition as totalizing as the, the perspective of the human, the anti-humanist questioning, which we were discussing yesterday, the, the, the anti-humanist questioning of the phenomenological, empirical, ontolo ontological double, the, the human. Perhaps gender studies, at its best, provides exactly this kind of space for intervention and experimentation. The e easiest way uh, to... to, to, to to show what I mean is, of course, to give some examples of such philosophers, and, and there are many, actually, in, in, in the field of, of, of gender studies, so theorists. And the most evident example, of course, is Judith Butler, was just mentioned, whose work most of you know. And, and it's very easy to point out, in her case, that what, what is meant by intervention, 
because that's what her work, work, style of working is. And also, and I think it also links to philosophy and to anti-humanism in this case. Because clearly, Butler is not providing a theory of gender. Of course, there are constantly attempts to write, to, to, to attempts to, to kind of turn her writing into a theory of gender, like to call it Butler's theory of gender, but she's never offered any theory of gender. <clears throat> Rather, the work disrupts various theories which would like to pin down what gender is or what sex is. And she does, so she does not provide theory, she intervenes. For her, the question of gender is not a question of, of, of revealing what humanity or human is in its truth, gender as, as part of it. It's not, uh, she does not carry this, this philosophical heritage of, of the, 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 that horizon of, of giving the complete account of the human is not, not the main horizon. On the contrary, also in terms of human, she changes it in her work quite uh, interestingly into a question, uh, in the question of, of kind of contemporary question of which is clearly time and space limited, which is here and now. Uh, who counts as a human is the theme which we know from her work that, uh, and, and, and who does not. And this is a question in a certain place and certain time here and now and this environment, not and a totalizing question of, 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 of humanity. So there's a, there's a very distinctive transfer of approach away from the philosophical omnitemporality and abstraction from place to the concrete here and now, and to intervention to something which happens uh, in, in terms of theory and in terms of here and now. And, and the focus doesn't even always remain in gender. Of course, why should it? Butler speaks currently much more of Israeli-Palestine issues than, than gender, because that is where there's a certain call of intervention at the moment. And, and it's not only Butler who's doing this kind of intervening and experimenting. Many other philosophers within area of gender are also experimenting and, and, and kind of taking distance from the philosophical aspiration of totalism, or total uh, uh, explanations. Philosophy is there not to explore the, the limits of the human or the essence of gender and sexuality, to provide kind of transcendental total explanations, but to intervene uh, into, into currently established truths, into, into is, uh, established accounts of such, such uh, um, totalizations. And this is what I would call thinking politically and uh, and, and, and it is <coughs> clearly there in contemporary gender studies quite strong. And it also kind of uh, in, in includes that sort of philosophy testing content that Derrida uh, implies in his, in, in the sense he implies. So to, to con conclude uh, uh, this kind of discussion which is going, all different directions. It's uh, I'm, I'm I'm in short in short um, I'm 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 kind of I'm defending the autonomous disciplinary structures of of, of, of gender studies. I, I think this kind of autonomy is, is needed. Uh, I, I think they are an achievement at the moment. Simultaneously, the content of those institutional institutionally autonomous conditions um, um, for experimenting needs to consist of interventions 
not of attempts to establish new truths about gender. And we need to be very careful about this because uh, it, it happens very easily at the moment. They are, they, it really easily happens. I, actually, our gender studies program in Helsinki was recently, very recently assessed, uh, as we know, all these assessments. And, and the, the, the uh, assessors made, a, uh, made, made, for example, a point uh, that they said that um, in order to call yourself a gender studies uh, program, you should equally study uh, men and women. <laughs> and uh, which, which showed that our assessing panel didn't have any people who were familiar with the tradition of, of gender studies at all. But, uh, but it very easily turns into something that, that, that study of gender, if it's gender studies, it studies gender, and then the gender is something that is there, and you need to study it and give, to, uh, give a full account of what gender is, and, and, and that's Partly men and partly women, and and, and that's that's it. And so it's uh, it's it, it really needs to be protected and, and defended as an as an. It really easily turns into gender studies. Really easily turns into study of gender, which is it's not. So um, and I think this approach aligns also also gender studies with the philosophy critical moment which which Derrida exemplifies in in this piece and and, and or in his work in general and 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 more specifically with the with with this uh, with with the line of anti-humanist philosophy critique which has been talked about here so if 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 this kind of transdisciplinarity of of thinking politically is, is enough to to call gender studies as a some kind of non-discipline, then let's think it about as non-discipline. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't I don't mind that. But 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 I think what is at at stake in this reluctance of naming the discipline discipline is is it has something to do with exactly this 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 dialectics of disciplinarity and non-disciplinarity. It seems to me is 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 is, is something that works really well, actually, in gender studies at the moment. Okay.